Hello, folks. Happy February. I hope your Valentine's Day was spectacular, if you do indeed celebrate. I don't really celebrate. Uh, Rob and I don't really celebrate. So I kind of forgot that it was Valentine's Day, but did manage to uh, squeeze in a run to Target to buy miscellaneous candied items for my children. So however you do romance, uh, Valentine's Day or not, I hope that you are feeling connected in your relationships. We are kind of focusing on relationships this month on Zen Founder. We um, have been writing about co-founder relationships for our newsletter. And at the beginning of the month, I did an episode around co-founder relationships. Last week, Brooke was on the mic talking about how to connect with sexual intimacy and spark in your intimate relationships, uh, which may or may not be your co-founder. <laughs> Gets a little bit convoluted. So today I thought I would talk a little bit more about co-founder relationships and some of the strengths that I see in the best relationships that I work with. So these are things to emulate in your co-founder relationships. And, you know, I think also have some utility in your intimate partner relationship. So if you are not co-founding with another human, hopefully this episode will still be very helpful to you. And if you are not living and in a partnership in life with another human, but you have a co-founder, then hopefully this episode will be helpful to you. So if you are interested in doing a bit of a deeper dive in how to be healthy in your relationships, uh, definitely reach out to us. Uh, both Brooke and I are really passionate about making sure that people are functioning really well and are finding joy and connection in their relationships, whether that's in personal life or at work. And I'm often surprised how just a few little tweaks or a little bit of a different approach can make a really significant improvement in a relationship that is maybe not going as well as it could. How we show up in relationships, like many other things, is a skill. So it's something that can be learned and practiced and iterated upon, uh, which I find to be very hopeful when I'm feeling like I'm not showing up in a great way or like, you know, Rob's not showing up in a great way. <laughs> Change is possible. So in this episode, I'll dive in a little bit into the kinds of changes we might be seeking, the kind of uh, profile of healthy co-founder relationships that we're after. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means. Sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. If you listened to the episode a few weeks back, you heard me talk about the importance of two co-founders really aligning behind the mission of the company, that neither of them are the superstar, but they are both in service to the larger goal of growing a healthy, thriving company. And I think one of the ways that that is accomplished is the first thing that I want to emphasize, the first sort of characteristic of a healthy co-founder partnership, and that is autonomy. When we are combining the two superpowers of two or more different individuals, we want the, the sum to be greater than the parts. 
But in order for that magic to happen, each of those co-founders really has to have their own secret sauce, their own sort of special gift, the own thing that they bring to the company that is the gift that they have to help the company grow and thrive. And as such, each individual in that partnership really has to be have the space and time to cultivate their superpower. They've got to have enough autonomy to make the decisions that are within their purview. They've got to have enough autonomy to resource and support themselves appropriately. Co-founders can't function like one amorphous blob. They need to have separate ideas, separate growth trajectories for themselves, not for the company separate strengths, separate support systems. They should ideally have their own set of friends. They should have separate connections to their family, maybe even separate professional mentors or separate professional connections. A co-founder pairing is based on individuals who are able to optimize what they can bring to the joint work. And that optimization process, right, that self-care process, that personal growth process, that is autonomous, that is individual. I get really concerned when I see co-founders who seem to not be able to make decisions separately or seem to need to talk through every element of the business. I am, of course, not advocating for like completely separate domains, right? You can go too far in that direction where you have co-founders who are trying to run a business without ever talking to each other or coordinating or planning together. And that, of course, is a different kind of mess. But What I'm emphasizing here is the personal responsibility, the assumption of responsibility to say, I have the responsibility to bring my best to the company and to my co-founder partnership, and it's on me to figure out how to cultivate my best, whatever version that is. And this idea of autonomy kind of leads into my next characterization of really healthy co-founder partnerships. And that is that the partnership exists to support flourishing. It should be a value add. Obviously, it should be a value add for the company as a whole, but it should be a value add for the individuals. Good co-founders really lift each other up. They're not competitive. There's not ego that's sparring. They make each other look good. They make each other better at what they do. And that is accomplished largely through this sense of autonomy. You've essentially got two people who are bringing their best to the work, bringing their best to the relationship, and it amplifies everything. Honestly, this is one of the places where I think co-founder relationships are most like a marriage. There's a sense in which your co-founder is always in your corner and they are ready and willing to lend you whatever skills help you need in order to thrive at your part of the work, at your part of the business. And that's one of my favorite things about my marriage to Rob is um, the default setting of, I got your back. And when someone's got your back, when you know that they will help you stand up for you, (laughs) help you sort through a mess if needed, you're allowed to take more risks. You're allowed to be braver. You're allowed to show up differently in your work because you know that you've got this layer of support in someone who is absolutely on your team. It doesn't mean that they're a yes person. It doesn't mean they're not going to stand up to you. It doesn't mean they're not going to disagree with you or push back when your ideas are stupid, but it does mean that they always have your back. So that level of trust in a co-founder relationship, I think is pretty magical. 
it feels, I think, very important, as I mentioned, to be able to try things, to take risks, to stretch yourself when you have this sense of safety that there's someone else who's looking over your shoulder in a helpful way, but also available if things get messy or difficult. And that kind of support really only can happen when this third characteristic of healthy co-founder relationships is in place, and that is a foundation of mutual respect. One of the toxic things that I really have like red warning lights flashing in my head when I hear people say something to the effect of, oh, I could do what they're doing, or they don't do that much, or minimizing in any way the role or the strengths or the contributions of their co-founder, that kind of spells trouble. When co-founders minimize each other, when they are dismissive about what the other person knows or feels or believes or has to offer, when they don't think that their co-founder is doing enough work, there's a problem there. And sometimes it's in the eyes of the beholder. Sometimes you've got one co-founder who's got their ego unchecked. And so they tend to be hypercritical and demeaning of other people around them, even their co-founder, in a way of making themselves sort of feel good. Or then you've got sort of busy, distracted co-founders who just aren't paying attention. They don't have their eyes wide open to what their other partner is contributing. I see this a lot in co-founder pairings where you've got sort of one very technical person and one person who is, for lack of a better word, really good at what we might call soft skills, which I kind of hate because soft skills are actually very difficult. (laughs) But soft skills are people skills. They're um, emotional intelligence. They're communication. Sometimes that falls in the sort of sales marketing world. Again, not that those are soft or (laughs) like lame skills. They're really important skills. But I think those who've cultivated a deep level of technical expertise can be somewhat dismissive of those, I'll say, of us, because I'm in that category, whose strengths are around communication, uniting a team, interfacing with customers. Those can feel superfluous to the product. Of course, the truth is, is that without humans to be your customers or to build your product, you don't have a business. But I think that can get a little bit lost when co-founders who have very different skill sets are really trying to understand the, the contribution or the magic of the skill set of the other person. So if there is confusion about the contribution, that should be an open conversation And there should be this sort of understanding of, hey, maybe I don't totally understand all that you do or all that you contribute, but I appreciate and respect your role in the company. And if there are questions about what someone is doing, those are probably things that should be asked. And if it is more of an egoic, dismissive, demeaning kind of uh, personality characteristic, that's a tough person to be in a partnership with. So if mutual respect is not in place and not actively practiced and actively cultivated, that can make things pretty sour from the beginning and often lead to a less than ideal ending of that relationship. And that brings me to my fourth and final characteristic of a thriving and healthy co-founder relationship. And that is the ability to have a short memory, um, to be forgiving and to give the benefit of the doubt. So when something is gray, when there's confusion about whether or not someone intended to be dismissive or divisive, 
generally speaking, in healthy relationships, there's kind of an easy willingness to give the benefit of the doubt to say, oh yeah, that tone was a little spicy, but they're probably just having a bad day and I can let it go. Or wow, that's not how I would have said that. I don't exactly like that phrasing, but mm, I think their intent is this. So I won't get upset about you know the potential for insult. I'm just going to assume the best. And then of course, in every relationship, there are moments that cross over into mistakes where we say the wrong thing or we lose our temper or we speak out of turn or we interrupt or we forget or we dismiss. That is going to happen in every co-founder partnership. And that's where um, an ease with forgiveness becomes really important. An ability to say, hey, that stung. That hurt my feelings. Like, I don't like the way that you did that. I don't feel appreciated when you talk to me in that way, blah, 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 whatever it is, to raise it in a calm and thoughtful way and then to let it go and be willing to move on together with a clean slate. So autonomy, support to flourish, mutual respect, and a willingness to forgive and give the benefit of the doubt are some of these key ingredients in healthy, happy co-founder partnerships, also key ingredients in relationships in general. But I think things that we really want to mindfully cultivate and pay attention to. So often respect is there, but maybe it's not expressed or it's not stated or autonomy is there, but we're not actively encouraging each other to grow as individual humans or to take risks as individual humans. There's not sort of a personal growth plan for each of the co-founders where one is cheering the other on and vice versa. And let's be honest, forgiveness is difficult for many folks, myself included. So the ability to practice forgiveness and think about how to clear the slate after there's been a tricky interaction, those are really important skills to keep that co-founder foundation really strong because that, of course, is the basis in which uh, the company is built. So when that becomes toxic or unhealthy, it absolutely leaks onto employees and it absolutely can come across to customers. So I believe that healthy businesses are built on healthy people or built with healthy people. So I always start with the individual founder, their individual well-being within their mind, within their heart, their soul, their body. But then the next layer out is their relationships. And the co-founder relationship, of course, is of paramount importance when we think about the kind of tone that's being set within a company or the ease and joy of working together. So it is worth the time and energy to help that relationship be as healthy and as collaborative as it can be. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.